0: Isn't it cool having headphones on and being able to hear your voice? I could do this all day.
1: <laughs> what does that say about you, Edmund? Right. Generous. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catholic Youth Ministry Podcast, your home for practical and inspiring formation for your professional vocation. How's it going, Edmund? Good, Nick. How are you? Good. It's been a while, and I'm so glad we're here. We're back. For another episode. And we have an exciting episode, and it's actually one that's actually, uh, I mean, it's obviously important to us, but this is one that actually, it it affected, not, not that I heard this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> beforehand, because we haven't even recorded this episode, but Early it, on in my youth ministry career, you brought this document to my attention. Redemptoris Missio. Yes. Mission of the Redeemer. And and you it, it's not that I didn't know about this document. It's not that I hadn't like skimmed through it before, mm-hmm. but you brought it to my attention. attention. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and since then, I've been a lover a louver, a A-louver. lover. I've been a louver. I, I, as <laughs> a the French this as document. the French say,
0: you ever since then you've been a louver. I, I've been a louver. <laughs> Of this document, Redemptoris <laughs> Missio, written by Pope Saint now, John Paul II. Dos. The other thing that's cool that I'm interested for us to talk about is that you actually have experience as, like, like you two years of right. missionary work as a netter.
1: So it'll be interesting to get into that as well. well. Well, just actually, let's talk about that right now, because that's exactly what I was referring to, yeah. like, just now, about yeah. you bringing this document to my attention. Attention. I think probably the within the first maybe 4 5 months that we knew each other we were texting somehow about like the uh, what being a missionary is all about mm, yeah. or or it was kind of like i was probably holding like this elitist yeah. like uh like position when it came to the term missionary well that or just when it came to authentic christian living even mm, yeah, and yeah. i just had it in my head that like well no you you're just not pursuing holiness if you're not actually i guess articulating the faith or actually doing something about it like that and I, and I was holding just what i had done as a missionary as like the optimal thing to do okay maybe yeah which is totally wrong of me to do <laughs> It is just this weird elitist mentality and it's just not like i don't know it, it was it was weird and i remember you specifically asked what is a missionary or mm-hmm. you're like define a missionary yeah yeah and i, I couldn't define one but I can tell you what a missionary did. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. you you were bringing up this document, and then it, it became a com- an actual conversation, not like through texting.
0: Yeah, afterwards. And the big thing about a lot of this is that it, it's kind of a both and because there are actual missionaries that are sent to Africa or are sent to impoverished nations, or there are actual yeah. missionaries like what you were doing, where you mm. left your home and were sent somewhere different, but. But there's also been, as we're going to get into, there's been this call for everyone, all the laity, to participate as missionaries in the sense of participating in the mission of the church. Right. And to reclaim that uh, mission-minded spirituality in the church, which is important when we're talking about youth ministry. We've talked in previous episodes about you're not just a youth minister. You're the director of youth ministry. And we've talked about how youth ministry is... A parish a youth, you as a director of youth ministry, you're helping the pastor, the parish families, parishioners to fulfill the great commission within this par- the parish boundary to a specific age group, and that that process of evangelization for a specific age group within that parish boundary is is that youth ministry. And we talked about some of the qualities or functions of the director of youth ministry, like you know, and we we're kind of workshopping these a little bit, I think, but some you know some of the different ways or functions or roles of the youth minister, that they're a professional, which is different than just if you're just if you interact with youth, you're a youth minister. But when you're the professional youth minister, that's different. Yeah. That you're an evangelist, that it's an ecclesial role, that you're a catechist, that you're a prop, there's a prophetic role of it, that you're a disciple maker maker. I don't know if we talked about that, but I was writing that down that that you make disciple makers, mm-hmm. uh, that you're also an administrator And then also there's this missionary or apostolic, meaning one who is sent, this missionary call of being a director of youth ministry. And I think that's, for me, this idea of missionary spirituality really hits close to home for me because I feel like if parish ministry is to be effective, it has to be long-term. It has to be longer than three years. It has to, that has to be the goal. And we've talked about this in past episodes. You, you might only you know God might only call you to one parish for two years, but the goal should be long term because we're talking about shifting a parish culture, not just um, while we you know every soul matters. We're not talking here about just reaching one person. we're talking about shifting a parish culture to evangelize youth mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, we have this quote here. this so, the, so so we talked about Redemptoris Missio early on. Mm-hmm. Um I got you on board with that. But you had already had this practical experience of missionary spirituality. Yeah. Or this missionary call. And the four documents that we're going to constantly probably be bringing up. Evangelii Nunciandi on evangelization, Catechese Trinende on catechesis, Redemptoris Missio on mission. And then when Pope Francis came out with Evangelii Gaudium, and I don't know much about the origins or the history, or who wrote it actually or how it like how it all gets put together. Um, but when Evangelii Gaudium came out, it summarized those three documents per, for me very, very well. It just seemed all, and in, mission, in Redemptoris Missio, Pope John, St. John Paul II talks about all the laity are called to be missionary disciples or, or to be missionaries. But Pope Francis in paragraph 120 of Evangelii Gaudium says this, in virtue of their baptism, all the members of the people of God have become missionary disciples. Every Christian is a missionary to the extent that he or she has encountered the love of God in Christ Jesus. We no longer say that we are disciples and missionaries, but rather we are always missionary disciples. So what are we waiting for? And do you feel like do you feel like this is just a hot button phrase? Do you feel like this is a phrase that's just in fashion right now? I mean,
1: it is now. It's very in fashion. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. It like begs the question, like 20 years from now, we're gonna be like, man. Wasn't it cute when we thought that we were just like super awesome using like that, that term like all the time? Yeah, we were cutting edge. Yeah, we were so cutting edge. Super cutting edge. Whatever, whatever's going to be in 20 years from now, I, I actually, you know, I I hope it's consistent. (laughs) Yeah, I hope it sticks around. I hope it's the same. (laughs) I
0: hope it sticks around.
1: (laughs) That's that, that's a topic for another, for another day. How like ministry words become fads or if if they're fads or not. Yeah, I mean,
0: disciples should be missionaries. But the idea is that when we're talking about missionary disciples, we're trying to be more intentional about the fact that we're missionaries. And so in in today's episode, we're going to talk about um, how a missionary lives Mm -hmm. and how we might apply some of that lifestyle, some of that spirituality, and how it sheds light on how you view your job as a missionary or how you view your job differently if you view it as a missionary. Mm -hmm. You view it differently than just a nine to five you view a different you view the like where you even live differently or how you interact with the culture or the parish or the city even Mm -hmm. differently if you think of yourself or if you try to cultivate this idea
1: of a missionary spirituality yeah or even just seeing your parish as a mission yeah as you actually would like a mission trip or something like that like there's urgency there and there's hype there's excitement and you have something to do yeah and sometimes like parishes just don't operate like that, or a youth ministry doesn't operate like that. They operate in just like this passive, just, well, yeah, we, we're, we're running, you know? Well, yeah. Just void of any urgency. So I want to start with this question. What? Let's just start thinking about
0: the idea of missionaries. What do sure. missionaries do in the day-to-day life? What What kind of is the broad strokes of a missionary's life, a missionary's day-to-day activities,
1: like what we think of when we think of missionaries, or even your experience as a missionary? Man, my, my experience as a missionary was... Uh, it, it was amazing and it was, uh, it was really, it was really hard because I, prior to serving with net, I did not live that kind of life at all. So it was highly structured, uh, as far as like my daily prayer went. Uh, now nobody was like hovering over me, <laughs> making sure that I was praying, Yeah, but still I, I had like brothers on my team that held me accountable in that yeah. kind of way. So I was in community. Uh, we all had, you know, like th- there were like eight set different like retreats that we could offer mm-hmm. and like various talks in that retreat that we could offer. And so like our, our ministry was there, like it was just set ready to go. We just needed to be the people like the authentic people, Witnesses of Christ who actually dish it out. Yeah. Because it was all, all prefigured, all there, all set, by net, and just ready to go. If we wanted to add any little adaptations, there would be like an approval process and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But my my experience of being a missionary, at first, it was just super strict because I just had no idea what it, what like the life that was demanded out of mission, yeah. <laughs> out of what this ministry was doing. What about your
0: preparation before you went on mission? So- net ministries you apply yeah and then you go to a period of time of formation what was the formation primarily concerned
1: with uh you me no like uh, yeah like like you like yes we all gathered <laughs> and we were contemplating uh the edmund mitchell the <laughs> second <laughs> no like the the very first part of the training was all like centered around you and yourself um and like because at, at that point they, they were still just like kind of interviewing us too Because if you went to an interview weekend or something like that, they only saw you, like, over a weekend. Yeah. Um, And so I think everyone comes with the understanding that they're still being vetted for this ministry uh, or missionary role. Yeah. And so we kind of understand, um, and I think we sign off on it, too, that net reserves the right to send us home, you know, kind of like Survivor or something like that or road rules. Well, and why might they send you home? Not (laughs) just...
0: why might they send you home? Not just because you're not good at talking, you're not good think at speaking, but because maybe not living up to the standards of personal holiness or maybe not. Well, like accountability, maybe not living a life according to the
1: gospel. Yeah. Or, yeah. This is getting deep. I think um, the first reason that pops up in my mind is that I remember some people got asked to go home because um, it was a little bit too soon for them to be, Getting into missionary activity because it was so close to their like high point of conversion. Mm, So, meaning that, like, you know, maybe merely months before, uh, you know, actually being there at net training, they were in some really deep stuff. And so, really bad habits and that weren't fully, you know, transitioned out of. And so, maybe like a life on the road uh, as a missionary might not be the best thing for them. And so, that was the first part. Maybe their high point of conversion was way too close to their starting point of missionary activity. The other point was um, that I can remember was like kind of like buy-in to um, what net ministries uh, like is. So meaning like their charism, like how they pray and what's expected out of them. And it just fits in like really well with like what parishes are encountering right now, as far as them coming up with a vision catered to their community. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And if there's no buy-in on the staff, then that, that person's not going to be on leadership, yeah. you know, yeah, or even your essential leaders of the parish, so that person's not going to be, you know, <laughs> really sought after for like, to be like highly inclusive of, of planning and visioning and things like that. And so I think those people kind of put themselves in that box too. Yeah. Um, we actually had one guy, um, he was, he was actually on, on my first team. Um, he was an awesome dude. He was great on retreat, but he didn't want to or it didn't really seem like he wanted to invest with mm-hmm. the rest of the team. Yeah, uh, and we had a twelve-person team, twelve-passenger van. And we would all be like squished in the van, and we would have team investment time. And this is what I mean by like structured. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't. We never really did anything without each other, unless it was like sleeping or like bathroom time yeah. or something yeah. like that. Like when we were in the van, we were expected to invest in each other. Yeah, uh, because like our unit would be so much more productive, mm-hmm. you know, like when we were on like officially like Lord's time on retreat or something like that, what? when, when we were like locked in. And what? so this, this one guy got asked to leave, uh, because he just for not investing. I mean, yeah, he just wasn't like investing with us and it just didn't seem like he was bought in to what was happening like in the ministry. So we have a lot
0: of formation on personal holiness in this structured, mm-hmm. uh, time. Why, why do you think they, um, why do you think they prioritize structure of these missionaries who are going out to other parishes or doing this missionary activity? Why do you
1: think they stress this structured life? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Cause I think the road life of net can be so like disordered cause you're in a different like city like, yeah. every night even. Yeah. I think holiness is order too. Mm-hmm. And being disciplined like is, is holiness. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people just search or just hope that like motivation or something like that is just going to happen to them. Yeah. But like proper order comes through like discipline. That's something that I didn't really understand at all in pursuing like a holy life. Uh, Because I think prior to that, I don't think I was really pursuing one. I like to, you know, thought that I was like a good guy that I love Jesus or something like that. But I was in for like a huge wake up call when I was surrounded by a hundred other missionaries. And then I was actually put on a team. Then I was actually expected to give a talk. And I was actually expected to, Uh, give my testimony of how God has worked in my life. And I was actually expected to lead teens like uh, in close proximity in a small group type of setting. Yeah. And so, man, it was just net training at first. It was all centered on you and your suitability to actually, you know, do just that, all those things that I, that I listed out to. And, and that was, it was a big wake up call for me because I remember being very different from everybody else that was there. And I think just my competitive, like nature, I guess at that time, uh, I was, Pretty prideful too. Uh, I remember like looking at everybody else, and I was like, you know, what? like I guess I could just either go home or I could just like dive headfirst into this because because it it does seem attractive too. Yeah, and I and I think that's what missionaries are. Missionaries have to be attractive in some capacity. Yeah, not for any like self gain or anything like that, or not even doing it out of just any pride in their hearts, but they're attractive because of what they've been doing. Well, and they also seem very set apart. I
0: remember um, the only real experience of formal missionary activity was going on a mission trip to Haiti, Life Teens um, mission in in Haiti, and there's a lot of similar aspects of that. There was a lot of formation before missionaries go on Mm -hmm. personal holiness, on striving for personal holiness. There's also a very structured lifestyle. I mean, like every morning, you're waking up, you're going to adoration, you're doing Mm -hmm liturgy of the hours you're doing liturgy of the hours in the language of Haiti. Um, I forget the what it's called, but, um, you're having this structured time. You're also making commitments, certain types of commitments of ways of ways of living, um, living above reproach, not being alone with someone of the opposite sex, all this Mm -hmm. stuff, um, dressing a certain way. And if you think of, uh, religious orders that get sent to foreign countries, I mean, the, uh, Mother Teresa, who in Calcutta, I mean, the sisters, you know, they're dressing a certain way. I mean, they seem set apart; they seem different, uh, but they're with the people. Uh, but they have this structured community life that they come back to, and I think that's really important because to be a missionary means to be sent out into a place where it can be easy to become laxadaisical. It could be, it could be easy yeah. to become um, complacent, and I think part of putting on even a different uh, outfit reminds you of how different you're called to be. And that's really important. Um, This passage from Isaiah comes to mind a lot. At the beginning of Isaiah where the prophet's called, Mm -hmm. uh, he has this vision of, of angels and these seraphs and of God. And it says, Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And when I read that, I think of the Eucharist. I think of a host, you know, like a burning host coming off the altar, cleansing Isaiah of sin, you know, this personal holiness that he's been given, gifted, graced through this angel. But then it says he he hears a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go and say to this people. And then the rest of Isaiah is God basically, after this personal holiness, Isaiah hears this call. After this encounter, you could say that after one encounters the Lord, suddenly you hear this call in your life to be sent to go. Whom shall I send? Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah just, here I am, send me. I I really relate to this a lot, and this is, offered me a lot of consolation and prayer, just praying through that the Lord is saying, who will we send? Who who can I send? Um, because the director of youth ministry, you're called to long-term missionary activity at your parish. You're called to be, um, we're living in a post-Christian nation. We're living in a nation, other parts of Redemptorist Missio that we won't get to today but it talks about the different types of missionary activity and one of them is people that think they know what the gospel is and have rejected what they think they know about it they mm-hmm. think they've already heard it mm-hmm. and so we're we're in a place where maybe some of our catholic parishioners at our parish maybe some of the families that we know at our parish i mean i mean if you're in youth ministry you know this maybe some of maybe people in your parish boundaries who used to be catholic but have fallen away maybe people who are no longer catholic or are not Catholic, never been Catholic, you're in this mission territory. Um, and in some ways, like, I, you know, there's this whole thing of putting the sign, missionary territory, uh, warning you're now entering the mission territory. Mm-hmm. And people have oftentimes put that, like, on the exit of a building, like, yeah. as you're walking out. Yeah. But in some ways, I think we should put it on the front of our church, or, like, yeah. on the front of our, as we're walking into our parish.
1: Right, you know, because I think... What you're saying, like, almost conflicts if you just go verbatim, like, mm-hmm. in Evangelical Gaudium when he says every Christian is a missionary, and I'm like, well, wait, like, I mean, yeah, like, every Christian is 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 called to be one. Not every single Christian at my parish is a missionary. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're not actively engaged. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and active is like the the term that's like missing here. That's that's proper, or that should be proper to everyone's For sure. Life. For sure.
0: So uh we're going to get into this beautiful last chapter of this uh document by Pope St John Paul II Redemptoris Missio at the very end. So he goes through the spiritual di- the the missionary dimension of the church. Um mm-hmm. he goes through missionary activity uh missionary activity ad gentes which means like to the nations, pretty sure, means to well, all the nations or to all the nations but but uh right? I th- I'm, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Someone look that up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, but, uh, but I think we could apply the same missionary spirituality to our own work as youth ministers. And so he lists four, four qualities of the missionary spirituality. And it's just beautiful. And I think it's very challenging to us in our work as directors of youth ministry, transforming parish culture, and trying to impact the youth of our boundaries. So it starts with this line, which I love. Missionary activity demands a specific spirituality, which applies in particular to all those whom God has called to be missionaries. I love that idea that missionary activity demands a specific spirituality. So what I hear in that is not just specific, but intentional. Yeah. That I should structure my spirituality Mm -hmm. for mission, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. You know, when, when you're on net or when you're a missionary of charity, your spirituality is structured for missionary activity. And I don't know that I all the time live that. I don't know that I'm always structuring my spirituality for mission. I'm normally just like, can I get to it in time? Can I remember to do it? Yeah,
1: dude, it's interesting for me. That's, that's the only way that I, that I learned how to pursue God Mm -hmm. and actually that's the only way I knew how to pray. Yeah. And so then afterwards, like going to college, like I'm just like still thinking I'm in the battlefield, you know, like, and and even post-college, like even just starting ministry with you or like getting married, all those things. And actually like to this day, I still use like a toiletry bag, Mm. like in my own home, just to remind myself that this is, I'm still in, I'm still still on
0: mission. I think lots of people use toiletry bags. No, 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 no. Like I'll use
1: it at home. I have a toiletry bag at home. You, no, I'm I'm not talking about for travel. No, I know. No, Okay, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe me my and you are just in similar my toiletry bag. In a toiletry bag. Yeah, I think a lot but of people do. The that. bag is designed for travel. You're you're you, right. you You yeah, don't. I'm you right. don't have it. You're you're totally not buying this. <laughs> you're right. No, okay. Some people have like like little toothbrush holders, and that's where you put your toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. I, some I, people leave their shampoo in in the in the shower. Like some people use their my- cute. It's all in my toiletry you, you bag. Put, man, I was going to make an my amazing point, bag. but Edmund's just. Just pretend all I over. don't. Okay, so I haven't done that.
0: No. <laughs> just pretend I haven't. But I get what you're saying. It no, it's just like I'm, I'm ready to go because that's exactly yeah. how I lived, like on net. Yeah, you have your loins girded, you have your sandals on, you're ready <laughs> to leave right.
1: the breastplate of righteousness. No, no. What, what else? What, no, that's, no, that's not, scripture. I'm not being weird. No, I know, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But no,
0: but it's hard. Like, I'm embarrassed that it took so long for us to um, schedule a time every single week that our department gets together and prays for the evangelization of our parish boundary yeah. in adoration. It took us forever to just, hey, why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. And so, like that type of um, being intentional and structured about the spiritual, the my spirituality being for missionary activity. And I think you have you have always stressed that not to let your work or missionary activity influence your prayer life in a way that becomes unhealthy, right? Yeah. So I think we're not saying you're only praying because you're out evangelizing. <laughs> right.
1: But what we mean is right.
0: just be structured about it and structured for the mission.
1: Right, yeah. And that, that taught me to put my personal prayer with our Lord first before... Mm-hmm pursuing any other yeah. type of uh group prayer or anything like that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you've read through this. So Yeah, the, the very first thing
1: that stuck out to me yeah. in, in well, that first point of oh we oh, said oh the first yeah, one. yeah you, so yeah. you
0: you say it. What's the first what was the first thing the missionary spirituality?
1: Under this first part? Do you want me to tell say the part? Yeah. number, yeah, yeah. number one. Yeah. So number one is being led by the spirit. JP Two is saying you have to be led by the spirit in order to be a proper missionary. And I don't know why uh maybe this is just the weird like coach in me or maybe like the the just response that i that i love getting i love in documents like this saying uh when it says like this is not xyz because mm. when, when, whenever i read those i feel like i have a better grasp of what they're trying to say yeah, and so yeah. i like as i was like kind of skimming but then just going back to read i like immediately gravitated to what it is not mm-hmm. and so being a missionary like like Saying it's not possible to bear witness to Christ without reflecting His image, which is made alive in us by grace and the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, meaning that if you are not being guided uh, by the Holy Spirit, if you're not being a proper uh, reflection of you know God's image and God's likeness, like in everyday, then like that, you, you're not it. Something, yeah. something, something needs to happen right now before you go off and do something like this. So, if yeah. you're in a youth ministry position right now and uh man maybe if if you're just like dead in sin right now or maybe you're just bleeding out in sin right now th- this is like a really radical yeah, like for first sure. point in yeah. being led by the spirit because it, what what sin d- or what original sin did did is it, it darkened the intellect weakens the will disorders passions and desires mm. so if you if you're bleeding out or maybe you're dead sin right now you're not properly reflecting his image Man, you're not even going to know what's going on with yourself, much less present our Lord to uh, another person, and and in this case, like a, a child who has yeah. a child's conception of the faith, you could be doing a lot of spiritual damage, yeah, too. And so I, I don't know. I I don't know why I gravitate to towards the negative of like, it is not. But for some reason, that ca- catches my attention yeah. first because I always feel like they're saying something really important if they're going to speak in like a negative
0: yeah. term like that. I think it's so important to constantly come back to this and make it, you know, JP2 saying this has to be part of your spirituality to be led by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Evangeli Nunciandi. I think we've talked about this before. Paragraph 75. Techniques of evangelization are good, but even the most advanced could not replace the gentle action of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of the gospel. So we could have the best talk. We could have the best icebreaker. We could have the best small group. We have the best one-on-one discipleship. We could have the best family-based catechesis or the best
1: whatever, but the Holy Spirit is the one who does um, the work. That's right. And in this document, in paragraph 90, it's pretty much saying the same thing. It is not enough to update pastoral techniques, organize and coordinate ecclesial resources, or delve more deeply into the biblical and theological foundations of the faith. What is needed is the encouragement of a new ardor for holiness among missionaries and throughout the Christian community. And then he says, especially among those who work most closely with missionaries. Mm. And I took that as to like, he's talking to people who like direct Mm. missionaries who lead missionaries. Like they're leading like the leaders of of this catechesis.
0: It's always, it's it's so crazy in the acts of the apostles where the apostles are trying to live like Jesus lived inspired by the Holy spirit. And these crazy things happen. Like, like they say the apostles were going towards this city. I forget. It was like two apostles are going towards this city and it says, and the Holy spirit stopped them. Mm -hmm. So they went to a different city and i've i've reflected on that often as a challenge when has when is the last time the holy spirit has stopped me from a great idea that i thought i had hey i have this great idea let's go in this direction and when have i like prayed for the holy spirit to lead me and guide me and i felt like the holy spirit is saying no because so you. often it's my human nature to just to just run forward before sure. praying to be led by the holy spirit to do things to right. to, to to do the ministry to be to, to have that freedom or openness, docility, it talks a, lot, a right. lot about this docility when you're walking through the parish and something stirs in you to go talk to someone or to do mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and just prayerfully, constantly praying for that. A few other things, being led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit first uh, transforms the missionary, makes, helps the missionary become holy. Um, The Holy Spirit also unites us together with other missionaries. Mm -hmm. One of the powers of the Holy Spirit is is unifying us as the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit also, if we pray for more of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give us zeal for souls, compassion, mercy. Um, The Holy Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert after he was baptized and then also prepared him through this fasting, temptation, and suffering, prepared him for ministry you know, that that Holy Spirit prepared him for ministry. And then it's the same Holy Spirit that Jesus used to drive out demons, to heal the sick and infirm. And it's the same Holy Spirit after Pentecost that Peter says to this poor cripple man. So whereas in the Gospels you have Peter denying Jesus, then you have in the Acts of the Apostles, Peter finally acting like Jesus. And this poor man says, is asking for money and Peter says I have no money but what I do have is you know rise and walk by the power of Jesus Christ basically he's he's healing this man through the holy spirit imitating Jesus Christ which leads us to our, our next the next point do you want to tell people what so if, number 1 in your missionary spirituality being led by the holy spirit number 2
1: is uh living the mystery of Christ the one uh who was sent
0: so it's cool that holy spirit gives us the power it give the holy spirit gave Peter the power to act like Jesus to live out the mystery of Christ. Uh man did not hear what was your what was your um take on this on this passage here?
1: Um I was I was actually thinking uh you know just really really petty about like some roles like the youth ministry will have or just just small stuff like during the youth ministry night or after the night, you know, like especially like if I have to pick up trash mm. at the end of the night, I'm just like <laughs> like saying like like screw this. This sucks. Like what am I doing? Like exactly. What am I doing? Yeah. What other 30 year old, you know, is hung out with kids, <laughs> you know, for an evening and is now picking up their freaking trash. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and and as I read this part and read it in Toris Missio, uh JB Two talks about what saint paul says about christ's attitude (laughs) and and this is all from Philippians. he says have this mind among yourselves which is yours in christ jesus who though he was in the form of god did not count equality with god a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself Mm. he took the form of a servant Mm. and so it's just completely like just (laughs) flips over just my mentality of just like picking up a kid's trash you know or just maybe the night didn't go well or maybe i this literally happened two nights ago or no, no last night. Uh, I've got these two kids who just do not know how to lose at like whatever game we're playing ping pong pool crud, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's just so annoying. <laughs> like makes me not want to play with them at all. But like above all else, like man, just like I, I I'm like literally being like spiritually like emptied right now yeah. because you're losing. For I Christ. do not. <laughs> you're a loser for Christ. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> but no, like I should have told this kid, I was like, dude, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because this sucks. You're a brat. <laughs> but but honestly, just like being emptied like that. Like you know, I think some people uh, go to youth ministry and then when they they experience some sort of trials, like something like that. You know, that's minimal, yeah. but but it'll it'll add up like yeah. crazy. But I think some people just look to youth ministry and just be like, well, no, this should be a fulfilling job. And yeah, it is. But I think more often than not, you're going to be asked to be freaking emptied yeah. <laughs> and take the form of a servant. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what Christ said. Like you're going to be unified in intimate communion with Jesus Christ when you're being called as a missionary to do this. Yeah. And man, like it was, it was so helpful that we we're like preparing for this episode, especially after the last night of <laughs> what was going on Yeah, too. So that, that was immediately what was going on through my mind uh, specifically to like being in the field of youth ministry.
0: It also says the missionary is required to renounce himself and everything that up to this point he considered as his own. To make himself everything to everyone. Yes, yes, it's so crazy.
1: That's from Agentes. Yeah, chapter twenty four.
0: Yep, it's so crazy. This it's idea of renouncing everything. You know, when Jesus called people, he called them away from stuff. Yeah, he called them away. He said, "Come, follow me." And then when he sent, you know, when he sends them out two by two, take nothing with you. Yeah. And so, as missionaries, when you're sent out, you're living out that call to mm. to renounce things. And sometimes it's hard in America, I feel like. I mean, like here, you know, living in Texas in this wonderful city, this like upper middle class, upper class in a lot of ways, you know, culture and environment. It's hard to feel like we're renouncing a lot, but there are opportunities that we can look for, or there are opportunities to suffer. There are ways um, that we can suffer and unite that suffering to Christ. And when other things come up in our lives, that we could do to make our lives more comfortable or, or we could, you know, work a little less and work a little more on something else, you know, prayerfully considering if that's something the Lord's asking us to
1: renounce. Right. I mean, I, I actually wasn't really focusing too much on that, like renunciation aspect. Mm -hmm. I was just more like, fully all in on the like, to make himself everything to everyone. If that's what the missionary is to do. Yeah. And I was like, dang, I need to go to more basketball games. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. with these kids, yeah. I need to go to more of like their volleyball games or just making myself accessible. And, 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 and I do that as much as I can, but it's so hard. Yeah. When you have a family. Yeah. And yes. you have three kids. Yeah. And, and that's that, this is where, this is where it gets really, really hard to have that mentality of the director of youth ministry. Yeah. But then also, Well, shoot, Jesus, you're asking me to make myself everything to everyone. Yeah. Like, dang. And and that I mean, obviously, I I think my response to that would be like, well, yeah, but that's why, that's why you train other people to have that kind of mentality. Yeah. But how do you train them appropriately too? Yeah. (laughs) Like why why is why is single Joe who's 58 going to a 16 year olds volleyball game. Like, yeah. you know, and like, there's gotta be some established yeah. report. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Let's get into the specifics or practicals of ministry, but still like that's, it's daunting to make himself everything to everyone. And then meanwhile, after that, like you have to overcome like attachment to like the people and like the things about like, so, so he says, uh, this, he does by poverty, which sets him free for the gospel, overcoming attachment to the people and the things about him, and so I was just I was just thinking like, man, like I do need to have a healthy attachment. When I guess some kids just aren't, are I hate to say getting it. I feel like that's way overused and kind of like cheesy, and it begs like, okay, well, what are they not getting? Yeah. But I guess like those who aren't like engaged, because I I take that like personally. If somebody's not engaged while I'm speaking, mm-hmm. then I take that personally because I feel like I'm not doing, you know, like. Like the the gospel, like justice. I'm Mm -hmm. not presenting it well. Like, man, I I could have done a lot better at preparing and actually like delivering this. Because if someone's not engaged, man, I'm I'm not doing, yeah, I'm I'm not doing what I'm what my call is to be a missionary. Yeah, and so I just need to I need to overcome that attachment like to those people, and then actually like what's being thought about me in in the same process too.
0: Yeah, the other thing is that I think I think maybe we might take this for granted, but other people need to hear, well, we still need to hear this too, that in youth ministry, the Lord is going to ask you to do stuff that is not fun. That is difficult. That is hard. That you don't like, like, like God's going to, God's going to send people to you that you would not have picked to disciple or minister to. God's going to send people to you. God's going to give you coworkers that you would might not have picked right and god's going to put you in situations where um, where you will be you know humi- humiliated and it says in it says in that paragraph um, being
1: humiliated and suffering yeah i mean I, yeah it says that in luke too like jesus tells his disciples you, you will be humiliated yeah. because of my name and so often talk about a pep talk right before know, like right? they're about to go out yeah about to be sent out yeah by the way you're going to be humiliated of my name,
0: yeah, it's crazy. So, I think that's part of it. Another thing I want to bring up in this is that living the mystery of Christ it says, the first sentence is an essential characteristic of missionary spirituality is intimate communion with Christ. Intimate, I and again, we have to constantly be reminded of that divine intimacy, as Curt, Curtis Martin says in Making Missionary Disciples, great book. But we're called to divine intimacy, communion with Jesus Christ, and that has to be the center of our spirituality, in order to then go out and try our best to be Christ. To just to just <laughs> as humbly as Peter, just go. Okay, I'm going to try to be him.
1: Yeah, that I mean that's it's speaking am- amazingly to the third point. Let's go, which that. is loving the church and humanity as Jesus did yeah uh and he he talks about right off the bat um just searching them out that like jesus sought them out and offers his life for them and so i'm just underlining like all of the things it's just like man what i should be doing yeah that means i need to seek out that kid who i know doesn't want to be here yeah and offering like my life for them like am, am i am i ready to just like you know spiritually you know like 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 die you know b- empty myself and take the form of a servant yeah. for this sometimes punk kid yeah. <laughs> you know who doesn't want to be there is being incredibly disruptive i dude i i yelled at a kid on sunday when i was uh, after i was there dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It was the when, night when I was you there. were there yeah, yeah it was the night you were there yep uh, it for was those, me you yelled at me <laughs> I, yelled I was the edmund. kid so for those listening i invited edmund to come speak on uh encountering the person of jesus christ it, it was, was amazing. amazing testimony based yeah it was, it was great and what set me over the edge was there was this one kid and he's kind of a, he's kind of new to youth group. Um, but the rest of the youth group, like they, they've all been like, they, they've all been rock stars. They, they've been in the program, uh, for, for a while, but this kid's like kind of new, but he still has all, all those friends. And uh, I just straight up, just like had enough of this. I think I was fully emptied. Yeah, you know? it was a low and moment. And just like, yeah, yeah, it was definitely not moment. taking the form of a servant. But like to spare all the details, mm-hmm. I just took like this this group of like four guys, pulled them aside, and just like laid into them, just probably in in a very him. very charitable way. Just you know, <laughs> punched him in the chest as hard as he could. I'm I'm glad I did it because I got. I got real with them. You didn't punch them. You
0: didn't. I didn't. I didn't clarify, clarify. but it
1: it was funny. Like how the like most like dad or adult things I was saying, they just come come out of you. Yeah, yeah. I was just, (laughs) I literally said, did you guys not think that I would bring this up? (laughs) Like, do you guys think I'm stupid? (laughs) Is any of this a surprise to you? Yeah. (laughs) And so after that, what did you think would happen, (laughs) man? What did you think would happen after that? I was like, all right, guys, I'm done. That was it. Like you guys can go back to your group, but you can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then after that I felt like a complete like failure, like just as as a missionary. Yeah. And uh we were we were closing out the night, small groups were wrapping up, we were uh assembling for like final prayer, final worship, and uh the song started, slides are going and uh I I noticed like one of the original four was still just like being rowdy with with his friends, they're they're on the other side of the room, and I see like the other kids like kind of like looking at me, and I remember thinking like, I should probably apologize. Mm. And then <laughs> this like other little voice is like, Nah, man, nah. you were in the right, dude. You, you <laughs> You're that director of ministry. You're an adult. <laughs> and I was like, Shoot. And so in the middle of the song, I walked over, and I went one by one, and I like tapped one kid's shoulder, I stuck out my hand. I was like, Dude, I'm sorry. I should not have done that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was like, I just care a lot about what's happening here um, And I was like that that's pretty much it that, that's yeah. it I just care a lot uh, I, I still want you here for sure uh, and I apologize like and I straight up said I'm sorry yeah and to my surprise every single kid, all reciprocated in the same manner, mm. you know, and talk about like emptying myself, like being their yeah. servant. I was trying so hard,
0: but Shook you put part- each
1: of their hands and they, they all said, I'm sorry too."
0: They're like, we shouldn't have been doing that to you. Well, part of the reason you said, sorry, is not just because you're a good person, but, but like, I'm an amazing person. That's, <laughs> but the zeal, <laughs> but I think it's that I see in that, that zeal for souls,
1: this zeal yeah.
0: for their soul. It's not just, yeah you discipline them and put them in their place.
1: It's a zeal for their soul for them to right. know Jesus. I mean, it was, it was fully justified. I felt it was, yeah. fully justified. Yeah, it was fully justified. I think the way that I did it though, I was yeah. not proud of that Yeah, because I didn't take them far away from their small yeah. group or away from other people. I like kind of <laughs> yeah, like, uh, humiliated them a little bit in front of their friends. Well, they're called in Christ to experience (laughs) humiliation. Amen. I'm just calling them on to holiness. So speaking of loving the
0: church and humanity (laughs) as Jesus did. The two things I wanted to highlight is first we're talking about loving humanity and then we'll talk about loving the church. In loving humanity, some of the things that came to mind was that the missionary has to have a love for the people he's with. And this is something I wanted to – I don't know, harp on is that you have to show a love for humanity. And um sometimes in our zeal for our faith, we don't convey a love <laughs> for people. So kids who are on Snapchat are not idiots. <laughs> They're just kids on Snapchat that don't know better. Right? Sure. So, so, um, what about adults who are on Snapchat? Smart, smart people. Gotcha. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is you have to be. I think, and my point of view on this is that in youth ministry, I don't think often this kind of crisis language <laughs> is helpful. Okay. Like, like the cult. I you should speak truth about the lies in the culture but I think it's often really hard for a 16 year old when you just tell them how bad their culture is. Oh, for th- for them to just straight up accept that for them. To, yeah. For them to not feel like they are also being condemned. Oh, hundred percent. Because if, I agree if you say Kanye's from the devil and, and that's all that kid has been listening and to and your kid like loves that. Yeah. It's hard for him to separate a- as your lead in. Yeah. So what I would say is that a love for humanity is a love, like Jesus loves sinners and Samaritans and people regardless, now regardless of where they were. And he was able to find, and this idea of finding seeds of the gospel, uh, you know, St. Paul finds the tomb to the unknown God and says, what is this tomb? Who is this to? He acts, he asks um, the Greeks and they have this tomb and they say, well, that's two. We have all these, or this statue, sorry, not a tomb, these like statues. And the Greeks say, well, we have all these statues, all these different people. This is to Mm -hmm. whoever the God is that we don't know. And St. Paul says, well, let me tell you about him. So instead of condemning all the other gods, which there's a time and place for that. But I think if you're going to be a missionary, if you come in just to condemn their culture, uh, you destroy this bridge of trust and so what is more helpful is to have a love for humanity and a trust that humans are that human people are wired for God, truth, mm-hmm. goodness and beauty. So how can we find seeds of the gospel, seeds of hunger for the gospel in the humanity that you see in your city, in your town? If yeah. your city is the Christmas capital of Texas like ours is. If your city is is super wealthy, if your city is super well organized and clean, if your city, high, like if you're in Vegas and it's highlighting the nightlight, like how do you look for seeds of the gospel to love humanity even if they don't look like Christians yet? How do you love humanity and see in them a hunger for God and come to them with joy and love and a message of hope that doesn't just condemn everything outright? There's a crisis in the church and you need to know about it. The culture mm-hmm. of death is going to consume your soul. Stop listening to pagan music, right? I think it's way more effective. Some of these ministries, are, you know, are doing this really well, drawing out the seeds of the gospel. Uh, Bishop Robert Barron. You know, talks a lot about this drawing culture, out, drawing the seeds of the gospel out of the culture. I think we have to know about the culture and not separate ourselves completely from the
1: humanity, the
0: people that we're called to be missionaries to.
1: It's funny you bring up Bishop Barron because literally like two days ago at the bishops' assembly in uh, in Baltimore, um, Bishop Barron talked about um, making the parish. A missionary society like he was, he was calling gosh, for gosh that sounds awesome like making the parish a missionary society and the usccb is like tweeting like <laughs> like random lines from what's going on like throughout the entire day gosh and speaking of uh i'm right i cap. guess i guess being being missionary too. uh bishop uh cousins uh one of the bishops uh, an auxiliary bishop in the archdiocese of st paul minneapolis he just got named the president of uh, for um, evangelization. And That's catechesis. right. Yeah, and was he's an a high ex. Five? He's an ex-focused missionary. Uh, no, net. Oh, or I mean, sorry, net. net. Sorry, sorry, net. <laughs> net. Do anyway, Uh, I I got to meet him a few times during net training. Obviously, before he was bishop. Um, but man, such a holy man. Is that cool? But like le- leading, like right into this too. Like a a missionary is urged on by a zeal for souls, and that mm-hmm. that takes on the form of of concern, tenderness compassion openness availability Mm. like and that one that one hits me hard yeah because i'm i'm like thinking about my family yeah i also live uh, forty-five minutes away from my parish too. Yeah, we we're, we're, we're still tithing members of our parish. We go to mass there. You know, every yeah. Sunday. But still, we take two cars. Yeah. to mass because Sunday's a long day for me. And then yeah, my yeah. Par- my parents, my not, family leaves. And not everyone can. And not everyone can do that where they can live in their parish. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was spoiled by that for a while. Yeah. And now now I'm suffering because of it. But concern, tenderness, compassion, openness, availability, and interest in people's problems mm. it doesn't say condemnation. You know, yeah. It doesn't say like strict teaching against. It doesn't say like like close-mindedness, because I think I think Pat Linceyoni says this. He says, uh, but specifically talking about leaders, he says, uh, close-minded leaders close the minds, like close the vision of the uh, of of his team around him. Mm. And I think, like you as a youth minister, if if you are a close-minded youth minister and not even just being remotely open to what's being said. You know by your youth maybe they're advocating for something great in ministry or maybe they're just like way off in the deep end And just you know, yeah. if you're just like condemning what they're doing Yeah, a closed-minded youth minister I think is going to close the minds of the youth that are in your program and if you have a closed-minded Kid in your program. They're not going to be susceptible to retain or just take into what you're what you're dishing out to uh, but it says in the document says uh, the missionary is a person uh, of charity, and it starts off in saying, in order to proclaim to all of his brothers and sisters that they are loved by God and are capable of loving, uh, he must show love toward all, giving his life for his neighbor. And so, mm. he says, the missionary is the universal brother. Quote what unquote, a phrase, what a cool universal phrase, brother.
0: yeah. It's, when we think about missionaries being sent to Haiti, for example, they're not going back to the United States on Sundays to celebrate Mass. They're not they make that parish, whatever parish they're at. If there's a parish there, their home—that's their home parish. Oh yeah, that and and they l- learn the language and mm-hmm. they learn to love the food and they learn. And I think for a while in the church, the idea of youth ministry it wasn't this idea where I am part of, I'm being embedded into this parish. Some people, you know, some parishes where maybe a volunteer then becomes a part-time youth minister and then becomes full-time. But I think we have to remind ourselves, how are we making ourselves available? Are we shopping at the same grocery store? I remember uh, (laughs) a priest giving me advice about interviewing for these jobs. And he said, you have to at least make enough to live hopefully close by because you know, your parishioners need to see you at the grocery store. Your parishioners need to live
1: near you and share that with each, with, with them. Dude, it happened to me. Um, this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, where I live is where I used to do ministry at, at the, at the local yeah. parish here. You can see the um, church almost from your house. Yeah, for, actually. Yeah, you, you can. can, you literally can. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, but now I work at a parish that's 45 minutes away. I've been there for three years now and it's, it's been great. Um, but I was at Walgreens, uh, last Saturday, Walgreens, the the team that beat the uh, Astros in the World Series um, but I was at Walgreens and I was checking out um, and uh, the the guy that was checking me out he he was like sorry if this is weird but you're Nick right and I was like yeah I was like do we know each other he was like yeah I went to uh, or I, I go to St Francis and I'm like oh okay sweet like like how's it going and I was like did I was like did you come up through like the middle school program or were you in high school? He said he was in high school, but he was bringing up like a bunch of just random exchanges that I had had with him. And I did not remember any of those mm. probably because like there's just, you know, hundreds of kids yeah. that I interact with too. But it was just like, um, it's still amazing that I'll go get custard somewhere, you know, yeah. or go to Walgreens or something like that. Or that one time we went and got pizza. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Next to you. Yeah, yeah. Next to you, Tom Thumb and just, man, like kids are all over the place and man just like you you are you are seen like you as the just a director of youth ministry youth ministry coordinator of youth ministry core team member like kids like latch like your face and name to what is happening like to the cause you know that's happening at at the parish of this missionary activity they'll they'll latch on to that and they'll every time they see you they will inevitably think of your parish and actually what was being said preached and taught yeah that's, that's that and that's crazy. That's crazy to me that that still happens. I have not been doing active ministry, parish ministry in this city for three years, but people still recognize you, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's weird. The next thing is loving the church.
0: and this also, especially in our current climate right now, might be difficult <laughs> or is just challenging. You know, are we loving the church? and and what came to mind in this is, it talks about, finally, like Christ, he must love the church. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This love, even to the point of giving one's life, is a focal point for him. Only profound love for the church can sustain the missionary zeal. His daily pressure, as St. Paul says, is anxiety for all churches. For every missionary, fidelity to Christ cannot be separated from fidelity to the church. And the way we could apply this to our missionary call as directors of youth ministry is that we're bringing people to the church not to our opinion about the church and that can be hard because I have opinions about the church I would love to tell all the youth what I think about stuff in the church I would love to tell everyone in my parish what I think about Pope Francis or about this Cardinal or about this law or this political uh, uh, candidate or that I would love to tell people my opinion mm-hmm. but I don't because I'm trying to bring them to the church sure and Pope Francis is sitting in the seat of the church but the but the church, you know, like, is it the church? <laughs> I actually love Pope Francis. Say church one more time. please. <laughs> We're trying to bring people to love the church that mm-hmm. Jesus Christ loves. Yeah. And so if we get wrapped up in political opinion or theological opinion, are we sowing discord or are we loving the church and presenting the church whole and entire, the deposit of faith, welcoming people into the church? <laughs> So, for youth, so in youth ministry, we have to cultivate and guard that love for the church, be reading the early church fathers, be soaked in liturgy, soaked in the saints, soaked in, you know, breathing uh, that liturgical cycle of the church. So, we love the church and we're not, um, and I think it can be easy. We work in a church, people want to talk about church stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But are we as missionaries loving the church and is that love, do do people look at us, do people look at me and say, man, Edmund really loves, not just church, like going to church, Edmund really loves the Catholic church, Mm. like the body of Christ, the sacraments, the liturgy, everything about the Catholic church. Does Edmund really love the church? Is it apparent Um, in his ministry.
1: Okay. Number four. Oh, I'm
0: thinking right now is
1: that one, that one character in breaking bad. Whenever he hears something that's like truthful, he'll be like church, man, (laughs) church, church, church. All right. Finally, can we do that for the rest of this episode? Church, church. Number four, the true
0: missionary is the saint. So we have being led by the Holy spirit, living the mystery of Christ, loving the church and loving humanity. And then the true missionary is the saint. It opens with every member of the faithful is called. Oh, no, it doesn't open with this, but in in that paragraph, it says every member of the faithful is called to holiness and to mission. The church's missionary spirituality is a journey towards holiness. Uh, And then this part here, the renewed impulse to the mission ad demands holy missionaries. It's not enough to, Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, you already read this. It's not enough to update pastoral techniques. Yeah. Uh, what is
1: needed is the encouragement of a new ardor for holiness. yeah, I was going back to yeah. seventy five yeah. on that one. I remember a professor
0: at Franciscan University saying, doing ministry in the church is gonna, it's going to really attack those rough edges in your life more than a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have a secular job, sometimes it's easier to hide behind some of our moral imperfections or are, are lacking. But when you're working for the church, it's really, it's a crucible, right? And we see this with priests. I mean, it's intense and they have these drastic falls, right? It's when you're working for the church, when you're working in evangelization, I mean, you really, I remember today, um, a coworker was saying she was doing observations of her catechists. And she said, I'm realizing after doing just eight of these, that when you're watching someone give catechesis, you're seeing their whole soul laid bare. Their whole Mm. spiritual life is exposed to you. Mm. And she's like, I I can see everything about how much they're praying. You know, the doubts and struggles they're having, where those doubts and struggles are coming from. I'm
1: never speaking (laughs) in front of whoever, whichever staff member this is. But it's true, when you're trying to present
0: the faith, it it takes a lot of uh, crafting and work to present uh, Jesus and kind of take your humanity, kind of put it aside. And when you're working for the church, your humanity is, is often front and center and your imperfections are front and center. And it takes a lot of work to strive for yeah. holiness.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and this document outlines like four different ways the uh, a missionary should reflect like the study of holiness and they talk about um it's uh they have to reflect on uh the gift of their vocation first mm. like it like yeah you want to be a missionary for christ okay let's reflect on your vocation or the gift of your vocation first so for me that's my my family yeah, yeah. i'm not going to be an adequate missionary of jesus christ if i'm not like leading my family my, my wife first and then my kids yeah uh next they they he says to renew themselves in spirit day by day. Next he says, or yeah, thirdly is to strive to update their doctrinal and pastoral formation. So if you don't create time for for personal prayer, then man, you got some praying to do, Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but if you don't set aside time for study, like, man, like how, how are, how are you growing? Like who's yeah. calling you on? Uh, and then fourth, the missionary must be uh, a contemplative in action. I love this phrase that can, re- contemplative inaction. Yeah, it really summarizes a lot. Yeah, and uh, at the bottom of this paragraph he says, "Unless the missionary is a contemplative, he cannot proclaim Christ in a credible way." It's crazy. In a credible way, unless they're a c- contemplative. Yeah. Man, that's 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 daunting, inspiring. Makes you want to punch a hole in drywall or something, yeah. you know?
0: I was talking to someone who is contemplating coming back to the Catholic Church and we where the idea of contemplative prayer came up. And he said, well, I know not everyone's called to be a monk and be a contemplative. And I said, well, no, actually, the Catechism says all of us should strive for contemplative prayer. We all ha- can have access to that. Mm-hmm. And in the same way these saints and mystics have had these really powerful uh, unions with God and contemplative prayer, we could strive for that. It's possible for us. We can We can become contemplatives. And I love this idea that as a contemplative, meaning... Uh, and and contemplative prayer is a gift from God, but we should strive for this deep union, which is this strive to be a saint, basically, this union with Christ, because holiness is is nothing more, well, it is transformation in Christ, becoming like Christ. And so we have to be striving constantly to become a saint. And if we are striving for that, that is where the power of proclaiming Christ to others is, Mm is in constantly contemplating christ and never tiring of that and it can be easy to do that you're always talking about jesus and you go home and the last thing sometimes you might want to do is think about jesus more (laughs) you're like well i've been thinking about him Mm -hmm. all day i've been writing about him i'm talking about him i'm praying with kids about him
1: you remember earlier when i said um like my first experience of like net training just being around those other missionaries for sort of like while yeah. we were in training and I noticed like they were different. Yeah. That something was going on. Yeah. Um, it says in this document that uh, the missionary is a person of the Beatitudes um, and so uh, the path of mission poverty, meekness, accepting uh, or acceptance of suffering and persecution, the desire for justice and peace and charity and then this line right here by living these Beatitudes the missionary experiences and shows concretely that the kingdom of God has already come. mm that you're living it right now (laughs) and that he has accepted that the characteristic of every authentic missionary life is the inner joy that comes from faith church and you know church man church and you know like i i used to get like i i used to of like roll my eyes a little bit when somebody would just say you know just like they're just so joyful mm. you know yeah like you know like I, I found that that like phrase got like so tired to mm-hmm. me when yeah. somebody was talking about uh, a holy person or somebody who was in ministry or something like that they're so yeah. joyful yeah you know but the fact that a saint jp2 is literally saying that too makes yeah. me like rethink everything about my life but he's saying the the missionary life or the, the characteristic of every authentic missionary life is the inner joy that comes from faith. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what's attractive yeah. about this person.
0: And if this becomes part of our missionary spirituality, that doesn't mean that we do it perfect all the time. It means we have to... Yeah, sometimes sh- you yell at kids. <laughs> sometimes you yell at kids. It means that we should structure our spirituality to remind us of this. Yeah. How do we structure our spirituality? And I went back and forth about whether or not we should make some practical suggestions, but I really think... A lot of this is not practical suggestions, it's things to strive towards, but I really think if you think about how you are structuring your spiritual life for mission to habitually remind you of this, maybe once a week, once a day, once a month, how are you putting things in place? How is your spirituality, the, the way you move through your parish and through your job, reminding you of this, cultivating this, stoking this, if anything stirred in your heart as you're listening to these things are you know are there places in your office that you can put that to remind you of that stirring towards devotion or are there are there things that that stir up a missionary zeal or a a zeal for for souls are there Mm -hmm. things that ways that you can incorporate more prayer that helps you get intimate with jesus yeah um are you spending time in adoration? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you striving for contemplative prayer? So I think there's a lot of things we could do. You know, we could talk about, I mean, praying every day, being soaked in scripture and the catechism Mm -hmm. as, as ways to be
1: soaked in the church and loving the church. Um, I I would say if this is something that you're not experiencing right now, um, go to, go to, uh, the Catholic youth ministry podcast.com and download the, um, the, uh, the, uh, time that your, your weekly, uh, time graph the thing that, that you made oh the focus and
0: planning yeah guide yeah the, yeah, I yeah, would, yeah. i would
1: download the focus and planning guide first and to order like your your prayer life and then just work life too so that you can get in some kind of like groove i know that sounds cheesy but this is just this is jocko speaking through me right now it's yeah. a lot of people want you know inspiration to just hit them yeah and and hopefully this episode is like inspiring you in some kind of way to actually get into like the the true life of a missionary and and to be credible and to be authentic and just the inner joy that comes from faith that you're sold on the fact that you know that the kingdom of god is already here yeah and that you're living like that but the structure but, but but it takes discipline yeah to have that made manifest on a daily basis like like day by day it says day by day like. Uh, renew yourself in the spirit day by day and and that that takes discipline that takes you actually showing up to that and the thing is that structure will
0: be there even on the days when you feel like not you feel like you should you don't want to do it you're not inspired to do it that structure will still be there as a reminder to you that you are committing to being led by the holy spirit to living the mystery of christ in that communion with him to being to striving to be a saint. What was our third one? Oh, loving the church and humanity as Jesus did. Mm -hmm. All right. That's, that's all we got for today. That was a long episode, but I think that was really good. Do we want to answer a question real quick? Yeah. Let's
1: answer all of them. Okay. Well, not all all of them. No, (laughs) just one. We had some pretty good questions. You can
0: find us on Instagram. That's where we normally, you could send us questions however you want, but Instagram is a pretty good way to do that. Just search Catholic youth ministry podcast on Instagram.
1: Which one are we going to do? Um,
0: gabby m taylor i would say that one
1: sure okay yeah uh the question is it comes from yeah you, gabby you literally m said that. taylor gabby 1b m taylor what kind of youth ministry courses are y'all hoping to do what kind well, of youth
0: ministry courses are you hoping we have one that is a recording of um a one day training workshop i did for new youth ministers that i've we're gonna segment out and then also have a bunch of the uh, handouts that I handed out there, um, and then we're going to do two live Q and A's with the first students that go through the course, and record those as well. Um, so that'll be one course, and then I think eventually we had planned to build that out and make a 2.0 that would be a lot more in depth. Right. It's going to be called Icebreakers. <laughs> Are there any courses
1: that you would want to do? Yeah. I um, how to uh, research vet and get the best price for pizza in your local <laughs> oh my city
0: gosh. with scripts. We'll have scripts, emails, ways to mm-hmm. phone. Okay. Yep.
1: Uh, it, it'll be like a, you know, it'll be a, you know, negotiating yeah. course as well.
0: But at this point we don't have a lot of plans for a lot of courses. Um, other than those two,
1: the ones that I said.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. This was a long episode. Our
1: fourth course is how to drive demons out, out of, of your youth space.
0: Or your pastor. That's all for today. <laughs> that's all for today. Visit catholicyouthministrypodcast.com for courses, church. for church, for episodes, uh, show links. You can also go to YouTube and watch the show, the video of the show. We also would love to see you on Instagram. That's where we kind of interact with everyone. Oh. You can comment. DM us,
1: us. Tell us who you are. Yeah. And we would love to interact with you.
0: Oh, send us videos in the DMs and we'll try to include those in the show, especially the video version of the show. Yeah. Huh. That'd be awesome. Cool. Thanks, guys. Peace. Keep it up. Church. Church.